This podcast is sponsored by FAT, F-A-T-T, a range of keto on-the-go snacks, including cookies, brownies, chocolate bites, bars, fat jacks, and muffins. Fat snacks are delicious, natural, and always free from sweeteners, fillers, and seed oils. Find fat snacks at www.livefat.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-A-T-T dot com. Use the code FABULOUSLY10, that's one zero, to give an extra 10% off one-time purchases. Not valid on subscribe and save. Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome, Hannah, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> and we always start with where in the world are you? I'm in Scotland, in Edinburgh, in a place called Leith, right down by the sea. Yeah, by the docks and things. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Dockland, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've spent three days in Edinburgh, I think it was. No, maybe a bit longer. I went to a wedding. And it was between Christmas and New Year. So oh, fab. it was a great, great city. I really it is, and it does Christmas well. We do Christmas well in Scotland, you know, lots of lovely lights, lots of sort of, well, it's wintry, so you get the cold. And um, a Kaylee, did you have a Kaylee at the wedding you went to? A uh, no, no. Oh, that's a bummer. No, because if you have a Kaylee, they're just brilliant at you know the dancing and everything. I was trying to think back because it was thirty years ago, um, and yeah, it was quite a small wedding. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't anyone I knew. Um, uh, someone who was a friend of someone I knew said, "Do you want to come?" And I went. And it's like I've never been to Scotland before. Let's go. <laughs> and you had a good time anyway. I hope. Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. lovely. Cool. Right, so. Why don't you start us on your journey of how you came to keto? Oh, how did I come to keto? Well, I'm married to a GP and about, I'm just raising my eyes to think about it, but I think it was in 2000, I read in his BMJ, the British Medical Journal, that, you know, that comes out every week and it's just full of crap. But, it, but I tell you, it's a very good magazine because there's lots of weird pictures of strange diseases. So even people that are not medics, you can look at the BMJ and go, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that looks unpleasant. I don't want that. Anyway, literally in 2000, I was browsing his BMJ on a Saturday morning. And there were three studies that have been found, funded by the Atkins Foundation, you know, um, Dr. Atkins. And what they were talking about was what happens when you stop eating carbohydrates. And they had three studies uh, with diabetics. Uh, no, two were with diabetics and one was with just sheer weight loss. And I don't know. I just read them. They were in summary form. And it was clearly what it was saying. The summary was these studies showed you've got accelerated weight loss and you could reverse diabetes if you reduced your carbohydrate to below 50 grams a day. And they were managed, but all those three studies involved a guy called Eric Westman, who was at that time, uh, and he still is today one of my great heroes, but he, he was much younger then. Studies, <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, so we were doing at that time what I considered and what my husband considered all the right things, which is lowish fats, white protein, lots and lots of carbohydrate in the form of 
starches, beans and green vegetables and fruit. So anyway, I read it. I was amazed. So I asked my husband and he said, don't understand it, rubbish, and ignored me. But we're very lucky. We, we knew a cardiologist and I was at a, a, a party. I think it was some sort of gathering some, some weeks later. And I saw the cardiologist and I said, and he literally turned around to me, Dr. David Northridge, who's a cardiologist in Edinburgh. And he said, no, it's absolutely right, Hannah. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm a cardiologist. Can't tell anybody this because obviously it's in breach of guidelines. But yeah, don't eat carbs. Terribly bad for you. Avoid them. So I was, I was really quite shocked, actually, if I'm really honest. And I'm a, I was a lawyer, practicing lawyer at the time. And I was thinking, well, this is ridiculous. It's like crazy. So I've got a cardiologist telling me that this kind of crazy way of eating is positively good for you. And everybody else in the world thinks it's bonkers. So that set me off, I think, on just a curiosity trip. So I tracked down a diabetes specialist in London on Harley Street who'd written a book called The New High Protein Diet. His name was Dr. Charles Clark. He had been an ophthalmologist at Edinburgh. He, he'd got a private practice in Harley Street and I went to see him. I paid my 50 guineas and he said, do you have diabetes? I said, no. He said, what are you doing? And I said, can you tell me about your book? And he sat me down and he explained about insulin. That's all he did. He just talked about, you know, the hormone insulin. And I just thought, this is, I, I don't know whether it's because you're a lawyer and you look at stuff and you just think, how can this be right? You know, how can, there's no consistency. So I then did it. I didn't need to lose weight. I don't have diabetes, but I just thought, let's see what happens if at Joe Schmo does this diet. So I literally followed Charles Clark's diet, which is virtually the same as Atkins. And guess what? I felt better. I, I mean, I should explain, Jackie, at that time, I had a full on partnership in a big law firm. I was working ridiculous hours and I was eating maybe three meals a day because you're doing lunches with clients. You're doing evening. You know, it is full on entertaining, working, whatnot. And what I noticed is once I switched to a, effectively a keto diet or a super low carb diet, I didn't get tired anymore in the afternoons. I no longer had that leaning you know, across my desk thinking, oh, God. And I was amazed how I felt. I just I felt good. So that was it. I persuaded myself this was the way to go. But what really got me leaving law and starting the business was that I realized you couldn't buy anything for on the go. There was literally, you had to buy a chicken breast, a bit of ham. Okay, you could eat quite a lot of nuts, but you do get really bored of nuts if you do it, you know, month after month. I got really bored. I got sick of eggs, boiled eggs, could yeah. not eat a boiled egg. And the only thing you could buy then, I'm talking 2000. 2000 2001 was atkins bars and they i couldn't eat them i looked at the ingredients and for me this you know this over processed thing for me is old school i i never could buy anything with ingredients i didn't recognize i just thought well you know and they tasted weird and ooh. so that's how i started i thought and at that point about 2002 Atkins really hit London. I don't know if you remember, because you're down south. Yeah. Do you remember those? It was madness that their books were flying off the shelves and everybody in the city of London was Atkins. I mean, you, you, everybody was opening the sandwiches at meetings and taking out, you know, the ham, the chicken, the bacon, whatever. No, no one was eating bread around the table. So I thought, hang on a minute maybe I could start a business. And that's why I left in 2003, four and got going. It took me, it took me about a year to sort of get my first product, but yeah. So that's my story. Excellent. It was a big mistake, obviously, but there you go. <laughs> you could always go back to law. Did you, uh, did you lose any, did you lose any weight, even though you didn't really need to lose any weight? 
I lost fat, but not weight, because I was at that time working out in gyms fairly regularly and I was running and I was doing stuff. So what I did was I just sort of trimmed down rather than lost weight. So and that's another big thing I really got into was this idea that you measure your progress by weight rather than inches and fat. And that was already, you know, now it's really bizarre. You know, this is 23 years ago. These articles by Eric Westman and, and the rest of them were already talking about that weight is irrelevant. What matters is fat and inches, not weight. And even today, we still get these stupid headlines in, in, in medical journals saying, oh, big discovery. BMI is a load of rubbish. And I feel like saying, Oh, yeah. It's been a load of rubbish for 20-odd years, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, so I did, I lost what I call some fat, if, if, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. So my experience of Atkins, and I at the time I was probably 12 or 13. Yeah, it's probably 1976, something like that. And Oh, you're going back? That's, that's good. Oh, that's good. But the trouble is, I was already dieting at that age. Yeah, oh God. Uh, and my aunt lived in uh, Devon, and I was down there with her, and she said, we're going to do the Atkins diet. Now, I'm sure that's what it I'm sure that's what she said. That's how I've always remembered it. And all we can eat is meat and oranges and grapefruit. And we did that that she put she allowed you to have grapefruit that is very interesting yeah and so we did that but I couldn't stick with it I mean we might have done it for a week or two or whatever it was but I never stuck with it but it stuck in my mind that that, yeah. that we did and so and then I as I got older and as I became more aware around health so I've been very much into the alternative space since around 2000 um yeah about 2000 um a friend of mine said she was doing the atkins diet and it was like oh no that's really bad for you <laughs> that was me saying it's really bad for you because in my head you needed to be a vegetarian um and yeah. not eat meat and yeah all those sorts of things even though i couldn't do it myself so <laughs> That's my that's my experience of. Um, well, he had two he had two releases because you remember when I'm talking about 2000, it was called the New Atkins Revolution. You're going back to the 70s, and he, you're absolutely right. There was the original Atkins diet, that was a lot more extreme and even less sustainable. Um, without a doubt, I mean, I don't think you or I or anybody in the keto world is advocating that today yeah. in any shape. Oh, but but yeah, Dr. Atkins, and, and then my friend that was doing it, it was probably so my boys were already school, so it was probably 2011 or 12, something yeah. like that. And I was thinking, no, that's not good. <laughs> but, really? Even then? Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there we go, we everything changes, but I think it's important that we can say, oh, I got it wrong because I did yeah. get it. I've got it loads of things wrong, but you know, you have to live and learn. But I think the trouble is, is when we see these people that are still saying the same stuff, even though it's not true and it's not supported. It's, it's tragic, isn't it? I mean, every day, even in the press this week, there was an article by a pediatric pediatrician in America saying, you know, the keto diet is very dangerous for children with uh, diabetes. And it was quite a big headline in some of the newspapers. And you just thought, there's just no evidence for that. There's none. It's none, apart from her stupidity. And interesting, Jackie, if this makes you feel better, I won't mention this dietitian's name. She's a very dear friend, and she's been involved in keto for epilepsy for many, many years. And when I first met her in epilepsy in 2008, 13, 14, when I first started my medical business, which is, as you know, I do something for the NHS. And um, she said to me, oh, you know, keto is amazing for epilepsy. And, you know, she's one of the leading experts in it. But for years, I'd say, you know, it's great for the diabetes. It's great for obesity. And she'd just say, no, Hannah, 
it's dangerous, it doesn't work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, about two years, a year ago, I hadn't seen her for a bit, and she's always been a little bit on the chubby side, not huge. And she turned up, and she was super, super swept. I mean, I'm talking trim down. And I said, oh, have you been doing, you know, your lighter life or your slim fast? She said, no, no, I, I've been doing keto. And I went, oh, my God, that's amazing. She said, well, um, I won't explain why, but she said I had to do it. I was forced onto it. And there's a dietitian of maybe she would have been in practice for 30 years, admitting that actually, because she was measuring her blood, she was measuring everything. She had to say to me, do you know what? You're right. It's amazing. And I just think if a dietitian who's lovely and honest, she was so convinced by what she'd been taught. Yeah. So it's really hard. It's hard. It's especially and, and, especially if that's your job and that's what you get paid to yeah. do. Absolutely. And I'll tell you another thing. My husband's a GP, right? He still practices. He knows that keto super low carb would reverse his patient's diabetes. But he can't even mention it because at still most GP practices want nothing to do with it. I know there's the wonderful David Unwin and others who are trying to reverse it. But he says it's painful. You know, you're just not allowed to really be honest with people. Yeah, that, that it's all it's crim. I think it's criminal. It is. I, I, as an expert, I think it's suable. But I think, unfortunately, because I looked at trying to start a class action about 10 years ago with a law firm, if we could get a whole load of diabetics to sue the NHS. But you can't sue them until NICE makes the decision to change its directions. So you can't sue the profession when they're guidelines and then who do you sue at NICE? Well, NICE would say, well, we've looked at the evidence and because of the way they establish what good evidence is. So anyway, I'd love to bring a legal action, but I, I don't think it's doable. Sorry, Jackie. No. I'd love to, and, and they're going to set it up in a way that it's going to be impossible because there will be so there would be so many claims and even claims from people who have died yes with diabetes and you know it would it would be a nightmare and of course the shocker is all this new this new thing about you know the the shake diet which now the nhs is promoting like mad actually doesn't do as well as keto so if you look at the big keto stuff you'd still be better off in keto than the you know the 800 calorie michael mosley bollocks um yeah, it's just tragic. But there you go. What can we do, Jackie? No, I don't know. We're doing what we can. So let's go. Yeah, to, we've we've mentioned to the listeners that um, you started your, you created a product, but they have no idea what you did. So let's go from there. <laughs> okay, so it's a bit of a sad story. We've got a couple of minutes, right? And stop. tell me to stop if it gets like, oh, my God. So my first product was a bar right? It actually was a bar and we called it Go Lower. And it was a Go Lower bar and it was basically nuts and seeds with some inulin or oligo um, chicory fiber. And that was it. And that was my very first product. And I got it very quickly into Tesco because of the Atkins craze, right? So with it having created the product, it took me, it was very difficult to create the product because Chicory fibre inulin, which everybody knows about now, in 2003 was this really weird ingredient being shipped in from America. And I was the first person that used it in a uh, commercial product, actually. I know that because the importer still says you were our first proper customer. So anyway, I created this product and I got it into Tesco. And of course, I had no idea what I was doing. So within two years, Atkins was then by that time getting a good kicking. We were selling about a million pounds worth of stuff a year, but we were making no money. In fact, we were losing money because Tesco was taking everything. And then we got into Asda and it even got worse. Then I got into Sainsbury's and it got worse. And 
And then I got into Superdrug for a time and that got worse. Actually, I just built up more and more liability, more and more debt and my turnover. And then Atkins got kicked out because, you know, remember the low GI thing? It's not keto, it's low GI. So I suddenly had a business with no money, no nowhere to sell. And But funny enough, a... Um, a couple of customers who are very loyal rang us up and said, why don't you make meals? And I said, but every keto is easy. You just get a bit of meat, get a few veggies. What's the bloody problem? Because I'm a cook. And uh, they said, but no, I'm too busy, Hannah. I can't do this. You can do it, but I can't. So we'd seen what had happened in America. And so um, myself and one of the other people involved in the business then said, OK, we'll do ready meals. So we raised some more money from our completely crazy shareholders. And we said, I know Atkins is dead, but keto isn't. And there's these people out there who love keto, but they can't buy it in Tesco. They can't buy it in Asda, but they might buy it online. So in 2008, I think it was 2008, we launched a limited range of ready meals and that basically was then what i i still created the bars because everybody needed a snack but everything went online jackie we didn't sell through any retailers and we had this funny little website called go lower and that's what we did and then that got rebranded in 2013 as natural ketosis so from 2013 to about 2017, that's all I was doing, carried on. It just grew, it was growing. And then we took our snacks and we sort of spun them out into what be, what is now fat, basically. So what do I do? I make home-delivered diets under the name Natural Ketosis, and we do a range of snacks called fat, which we sell in some retailers and, and online. So with the but home... With the yeah, sorry, delivered yeah. meals, do you just do that locally or do you mail out? We have to mail out because what we did was we couldn't do it fresh. I'd love to have done fresh meals because I love food and I love cooking. But actually, we couldn't make the numbers work. People would never pay the real cost of us doing freshly prepared meals on the volume we had. So I have my meals made in Yorkshire. And we can get them to the price we can get them at because they're in a, you know, what I call um, sous vide or retort. So they're in a they're in a pouch, basically, that you can reheat. But the great thing is that they've got no additives, no dodgy ingredients. It literally is traditional meat and vegetable cooked in a basically pressure cooker and then sealed. So they we ship across the UK. We used to ship into Europe before Brexit. We had customers in France. We had customers in Germany. But, you know, we can't ship there anymore. So it's just UK. Right. Cool. Because that's really interesting. Because I know we've spoken before, but I didn't realise yeah. that you you sent them in the post. I was thinking it would be more local stuff where people where you can deliver locally, you know, fresh and local. But I would love to do that. I mean, nothing would give me greater pleasure, but no, <laughs> we couldn't do it. But it's overnight delivery. So if people, you know, if somebody orders by lunchtime, the next day a huge box arrives with everything they need for 28 days on the keto diet, basically. And uh, it, you can pick between 20 grams and 50 grams because, you know, everybody's got a different view of keto. You know, some people religiously believe you've got to be at 20 grams a day. I know I I'm not I don't uh, agree that I think some people do but you know you can go up to 50 grams and still be in ketosis really so I think uh, it's so, very individual isn't it? it it really is it really is and then the medical business we have is called keto care foods and that is interesting because that's food designed for children with epilepsy and uh, people get prescriptions for it from their GPs so is that the same food as the one you ship out, is it slightly different? No, because um, the food we do for shipping out is really designed at what I call at the weight loss diabetes market. So you're not super high fat. You are higher fat, but you're not at these astronomical levels because obviously, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm a bit 
But, you know, if you're trying to use the keto diet to lose weight, if you overload on fat, you'll be in ketosis, but you won't burn off your own body fat. You'll just be using the fat that you're eating. I think sometimes people misunderstand that. You know, they read, oh, keto diet is 75% fat. And you can see them sort of drinking double cream and scoffing the breeze and then thinking, well, it's not working. I'm in ketosis, but and anyway, another story. So the so those products are much lower in fat, but very low in carbohydrate, obviously, higher in protein. We have the children's food that has to be very, very high fat. So that is super high fat. It's moderate protein and it's super low carb. Excellent. Yeah. So there you are. And that's mainly for children. And and so would they would would they have that um, for every meal or is it more likely that their parents would use it, you know, when they're rushing around and can't yeah. cook for themselves? We don't encourage people to live off our meals and our snacks and our products because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big into cooking anyway, so I'd be a bit sad if they were. But most of the families are doing it because they're under pressure at times. So, you know, they have, particularly when they go on holiday, so that they know they've got these sealed meals that are absolutely clinically correct for their children. So if they go to a hotel where they're not controlling the food, they can have these sachets heated up and their child will stay in ketosis and not have any adverse reactions. Or when they go into hospital or when they're having sleepovers, you know, children like to not always be with their parents and the parents know that if they give that sachet to the mum, to the other mum or the grandparents or whatever, their children are secure. So I think most of our sales are for that situation when the parents can't do the cooking from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Sounds perfect. Yeah, it's useful. I, I mean, it, I, at first, I'll be honest, Jackie, when the dietitians first saw this, they were really antagonistic. We had a real problem because... There's long been products to add to meals, like these super fat, um, um, like super fat, um, I don't know, sachets. They're really sachets from companies like Nutrisha. So there's always been these super things like that to add to things, but nobody had ever done a Reggie product. And the dietitians were a bit suspicious, but the families have absolutely welcomed them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, especially if a parent doesn't really want to be giving drugs to their kids and they'd rather manage it there must be lots of people that want to manage it um naturally and you can and the tragedy is is that adults it would work very well for adults but that can't be recommended in the uk because they haven't done a big enough clinical trial so until that happens Adults have to keep taking drugs unless they go AWOL, do it themselves. Yeah. I've got a cousin who's epileptic and, um, you know, I've said keto diet would be good, but she's not interested. You know, the doctor didn't say, so she's got to take the pills. And it's such a shame because it would be so manageable. Yeah. And, it, and you know, the amazing thing that people don't understand is these children and it's real when they switch from the drugs to the diet under medical supervision, obviously, with most of them, over 50% will literally stop all fits pretty fast. I mean, sometimes within 24 hours. And then there'll be another 25% of them that will have a radical reduction in fits. So maybe from 10 fits a day, maybe to one a week or one every two or three days. And then there's a small percentage that do better, but it's not amazing. It's not complete but the weirdest thing that again people don't understand is that within five years maximum they can come off the keto diet and still remain epileptic free ah, i didn't know that yeah and and this is the amazing thing and and it just shows you the power of this metabolic change which is why to be positive now because i know i feel very depressed about weight loss and diabetes and i want to shoot myself but when you look what's happening in the mental health area now and the pr progress is there, I'm very, very excited that we might see keto really embraced by the what I call the sort of neurological wing of uh, medicine. Yeah. Because of the amazing thing in epilepsy. Yeah. And we're hearing lots and lots more around the neuro neurology side of it. So. 
it's exciting. I mean, Chris Palmer in America has really kicked that off. So, yeah. Yeah. And Georgia Ede. And, oh, yeah. Um, oh, well, there's Ali Houston and Dr. Rachel Brown. Yeah. From- and, and in Edinburgh, we've also got Ian Campbell doing his study. You should interview him. Okay. I'll put you in touch with him. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, so, going back. So, now, facts. Um, got rebranded as fat in 2017 at some point now I can't remember when it was and it um, I would say two years ago you messaged me on Instagram and said can I send you some bars yeah and and you did and uh, a couple I didn't like but I could eat the one I really like is the raspberry one. But the thing is, up until that point, I'd never had a bar or anything like that. So I and you're if you go back and listen to some old podcasts, you'll hear me saying they sent me these and I've still got them on my desk. <laughs> and I and I still, you know, the last ones, I in the end threw them out because they'd been there for two years. And I thought, oh, I'm just I'm never going to eat them because yeah ones that I didn't particularly like and I don't I don't eat that sort of thing so um they did get put in the bin but now you have um sponsored but having said that I'm going to go back and just reiterate because I really close when you sent them I really closely looked at the ingredients and I was happy to eat, you know, I was happy to eat them because I thought this is OK. This is clean. Whereas I've been given some keto bars that have just gone. I've looked at the back of the package and they've just gone straight in the bin and I've never touched them. So I think, you know, for the listeners, they are very clean products. Thank you. Thank you. I I became obsessed with clean. I'm, I'm so thankful. Thank you for saying what you've said. Because when I first went to keto, before I started leaving law, before I went really stupid, I went to hear Eric Westman talk at a conference. Because by that time, he was my god. Eric Westman, Jeff Folak, Steve Finney, blah, blah, blah. I won't bore you. And I went to hear them speak at this conference. I think it was Denver. I'm sure it was Denver so many years ago. I flew myself out there. I took a a week's holiday. And the last talk was by um, Michael, um, Dr. Michael and Mary Dan Eads. Michael Eads, have you heard of him? Yeah. He's He is really, really charming man, actually. And he stood up and I was there to learn. And he said, and he was a massive audience. I mean, this was when Keita, when Atkins was massive in America. And there was, Heinz was there, Kellogg's was there. They were all there. And I could not... He he left me with a message, which was, let's make this clean. Let's not only transform the world with this amazing metabolic diet, but let's make sure every product we make doesn't fall short of what keto is about, which is going back actually to whole foods, non-processed foods. Because that's really, I think you and I would argue that paleo, it's like a paleo diet. You go back to what we ate as basically humans wandering the planet. And I took that away. And right from the get-go, that's what I said. And that's why I didn't like Atkins, because you look at those ingredients, just like you feel about a lot of products, and you just think, that is not what keto really is actually about, in my mind. No, me neither. That's what I bought into. I bought into paleo, clean, um, and, 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 and making food matter. Making the ingredients matter. Sorry, that's my rant. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> to cut that. No, it'll be fine. We need to rant every now and then. Um, sorry. Go on. You were going to say something? Yeah, and I'm sorry, because I think people use these ingredients because it's cheaper or because they want to short track the process. And I think that's where they come from you know it's it's cheap to put these fillers in it's cheaper to use sweeteners and and you know anyway it makes it more affordable yes and some of it i i think is just marketing message you know keto's become big now 
and it's just a marketing message and you look at the back of some of the products and it, it has for all intents and purposes it's got sugar in it whether yeah. they call it i don't know uh date sugar or something else yeah but yeah. it's still yeah. sugar yeah it is still sugar and actually i think sometimes we'd be better with a teeny bit of honey rather than some sweeteners yeah in all honesty I'm even coming round to the fact that maybe a little bit of sugar might be better than some of the sweeteners, but I haven't gone to that yet. Well, you know, <laughs> if I'm off plan, I'm off plan and I'm, I'll eat something off plan that, you know, that is a possibility. Yeah. I, d- I do not want to promote sugar as, as something that we should be eating, but yeah. sometimes it might be worth having a few grains of sugar rather than a few grains of sweetener. I don't know, but. I'm not going to promote I think, it. I don't, and I think if we can avoid it completely, then we should. It also helps you when you avoid it completely. It helps you change your taste buds because I went, I went old, you know, um, I went sort of tough, uh, tough love with myself. So when I went keto the first time, I just cut all sugar out in all forms, nothing, and then I did that for about a month. And then when I went back to eating a bit of dark chocolate. The sweetness hit me so fast and so hard. It allowed me to really enjoy it. Yeah. And now, you know, if I eat a carrot, it's really, really sweet. If I eat a potato, if I'm off plan, oh, my God, I know I'm eating sugar. So your taste buds are revitalized and they begin to really tell the difference in foods. So I agree with you. I think certainly at least when you start, you should really go hardcore because it does begin to help you re reprogram your mouth. Mm. And then when you do go back and have, a, let's say, an orange juice, which I used to drink every morning religiously, a it's glass healthy. of freshly squeezed. It's healthy. You're right, Jackie. It's <laughs> very healthy. We go, boom. And, and then when I went back, I remember just it made me feel sick. And I actually felt the sweetness was so awful. I just, and I've never touched a drop, even when I'm completely off plan, when I've gone to Italy and I've had pasta till it's coming out, I still, to this day, cannot drink fruit juice. Yeah, I've never had fruit juice in the last <laughs> six years. In the last six years, I've not had yeah. any fruit juice. It's just, and, and I, I basically just, just for a month, just completely rich sugar of your diet. And then something that actually you normally think is not sweet will become super sweet. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that, that you have, to, it's hard, but you can do it. It is doable. It certainly is. So um, there's two places I want to go now. So we were just talking about sugar and sweetness and things like that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your um, daily eating looks like nowadays? Okay, on the week when I'm working, because I've got this stupid idea that I'd be, I be—I have two different regimes, weekend and weekend uh, and working. So Monday to Thursdays, I have no breakfast. I have black coffee till lunchtime, and then at lunchtime I have an omelet. I've become slightly addicted to the. We've got an omelet machine in the office, and. I'm making complicated omelettes and then in the evening I always cook from scratch and I tend to eat meat I love meat. I buy I'm a bit fussy about where my meat comes from I'm lucky enough to be able to afford to do that but I buy good quality meat and I have always green salad I'm the massive fan of lettuce always have been and then some sort of side side vegetables you know whatever you know I don't eat any starchy vegetables anymore and just not big into it. I, I, so it really is pretty, not boring, it's just repetitive. You know, we do steak, we do a bit of chicken with a nice little creamy sauce or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not very exciting, but it's at weekends, I do have um, cream in my coffee <laughs> till lunchtime. <laughs> and then at lunchtime, I'm a bit more exciting. You know, I might actually, because just got a bit more time, I'll do something. Um, you know, I might make a salad with my husband. That's, that's how sad I am. But in the evenings, I just cook more complicated meals because I do, I have to be honest, Jackie, I like cooking. You know, that's one of my great pleasures in life. So, you know, I'll try. But to be honest, we still don't eat a lot of carbs. Um, 
And the most exciting thing now that I've added to our menu is this pasta that we import from Italy, which is really super low carb. And it's made by Italians in a pasta factory and it tastes amazing. So now pasta is back on our menu once or twice a week and it's great. Oh, wow. Maybe you need to bring you some. No, I was going to say you might need to bring you some. I will. I'll bring you um, some some on Sunday, and I'd love to know what you think. You do need to make it with a sauce, it, it, and, you, and you know, so it wouldn't work if you like pasta and butter. It won't work because it's just slightly, very slightly, not as um. Well, it doesn't have. It obviously does have the sugar in it to, to make that sort of stretchiness, but it is pretty amazing stuff. Okay, I'll try that. I, I did go through a phase where I had some shirataki noodles with my bolognese sauce and and it's fine because then, you know, they've got hard, hardly any carbs, if if any, um, but it's not the same. So I just thought, oh, why bother? Why bother? Well, I, I tried those. It, I didn't like them. But these this pasta, I swear to God, I've tried everything out there and we got hold of this, particularly because of the medical business I'm in, and I was allowed to bring it into the UK. So it's, it's a little bit of a specialist thing, but I, I'm going to give you some, Jackie. Okay. They're like bloody gold dust here, love. Just just a handful will be fine, you know, like. No, I'll give you, you how many people sit around your dining table normally? Uh, we don't sit around the table, but we just sit in front of the TV, which is not good. Bless, but. sorry. I didn't need to be like, that shows where I'm from, didn't it? Oh, bloody hell. Right. How many people sit together watching watching Gogglebox then? But actually, I, just enough for me because no one else will eat it. Okay, so. I will say, I'll give. I'll bring it on Sunday. It'll be a pleasure. <laughs> so as a, really just a handful for me to just taste out of your packet. No problem. Cupboard. Now, we do it in portions, so I will give you a portion. It's okay. in a little separate bag. Don't worry. Cool. Not touched by humans. <laughs> and then the other thing I was going to ask you. Ah, yes. So when, so now what I want to mention is since September, you've been sponsoring the Fabulously Keto podcast, which I'm very grateful for. So tell us a bit about your thinking behind that and why um, and why you wanted to do it. Well, I... I discovered you some years ago, as, as you know, and I threw some bars at you and, you know, you went silent. I thought, oh, dear, that's a bit, that didn't go well. And I, I think you have mentioned it a few times, but, you know, anyway. And I was looking at what's happening in keto at the moment. And um, I felt like we were thinking within the business ourselves of doing our own podcast because I said, God, there's so many. Stuff. And then one of my colleagues, Amanda, said, Hannah. There's a perfectly good podcast out there. And do you know what? That bloody woman's been doing it day in, day out for years. And I thought, you're right. You know, you've you've built up a fantastic following. You've, you've interviewed such interesting people. And there's so many more people out there. And I just thought, bugger, I'd love to help you do it. And, um, and then we can promote you. So I think we've got a little plan in our office to see how many more listeners we can get for you and get you out to further places because the one thing you've been great at is consistency yeah and you've been around a long time and I think one of the problems with keto and I, I hate to say this having been in it since 2000 in my mind since 2000 when I first sort of got got onto it is that it does seem to attract a lot of people who come in for a short-term kick and they sort of kind of see it as an opportunity to either sell something or you know, make a name for themselves. But it's 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 the long game we're interested in. We're, the, we're in the long game of educating people, getting the excitement out there. And so, you know, when I looked at actually what you, you had achieved, which is amazing, I just thought we'd love to be part of it and support you in any way we can and, and try and get more people to listen to you. So that's why I rang you up. And I was so thrilled when you were positive, Jackie. I really was, because I literally... Before I picked up, you know, when I did, I said to the, the, the girls in the audience, I said, this is going to go very badly. I think she's going to tell us to bog off. <laughs> no. Well, I have told some, I have told some people, I have been approached by some people with products and I just thought, no, it's not, 
I sort of feel if it's not something I would eat, even though I don't eat it, but if it's not something I would eat, then I'm not going to have it on the podcast. Um, And I think it's, you know, for some people, they need something to help them transition. Um, They still, I I don't think we should snack, but some people still need to snack. And like you say, food on the go, you can put it in your pocket. You can have it mm. in your bag, whatever it is. So I think there is a place for it, even if, you know, if it's not for me, I think there is a place for it for people. And they might use it for a short period of time and then not need it anymore. Um, but I think it's a great idea. But because it is so clean, I just thought I'm happy to do that. Well, that's really kind. And I think what we could do with your listeners as well is maybe get a group of them to be our tasters because we've got several new products in process. And the thing for us, more important than almost anything, apart from getting it to the right carbohydrate level, right fat level, right ingredients, once we've got that, then we need people to taste it and say to us, what are you, because it's all very well me liking it, but I like a load of things that other people don't like. So one thing we could do together going forward is once we've got a few batch made up, your listeners could sort of go through you to say they'd like to try something and give us real life feedback, which could be really good fun. And again, that's that's why I'd be working with you. It's just going to be great fun. I think there's lots of things we can do that are interactive with your listeners. Yeah, brilliant. So if anybody's listening and you want to be a taster, just go on to the Fabulously Keto website and fill out the form. Yeah. We'll put you on the list. You see, this could be great. And then we get real people telling us what they really think and what they also really like. Because again, we love listening to customers or potential customers or people doing keto to say, what is it I really need? What would really help me make keto easier, better, nicer, whatever? Mm, yeah. Fabulous. Great. So what? one of the things you mentioned to me that you wanted to talk about is the different keto diets. So can you expand on that? Yeah. So when I, when I first got into keto, I just thought, you know, um, they're, they're basically is keto, which is super high fat and low, super low carb and moderate protein. What I found really interesting is particularly as I got into epilepsy and other areas of the ketogenic diet over the last sort of 20 odd years, is that actually keto needs to be, although keto means being in ketosis and a diet that drives you into ketosis is a ketogenic diet, there's actually different combinations of protein, fat and carbohydrate you need for different needs. So just like we touched on earlier, when you see somebody using the keto diet to lose weight, but drinking buckets and buckets of double cream and, and being frustrated that they don't feel they're losing the fat fast enough, that's because they're using a version of the keto diet, which is actually better for epilepsy and other sort of other medical conditions. So one thing I think anybody listening to or interested in the keto diet they should do a bit of research to look at what is their condition what are they trying to solve with the keto diet is it a mental health problem is it a physical problem is it cancer is it you know weight loss is it whatever and then trying to find the right version of the ketogenic diet for that particular need and we've written a bit about it on our natural ketosis website and there are good places to look for this information, but it, you know, be careful. Not all keto diets do the same thing. Yeah, and I think it can be even from you know, even from me. Sometimes I think, oh, what should I be doing? You you hear high fat. You need to be high fat to heal your hormones. You need to be high fat to heal your body. Um, but if you want to lose weight, then you need to be lower fat. And then somebody else says, no, you don't want to be lower fat. You still need to be high fat. And it's it's very confusing for people. It is actually. And 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 there's no, you know, one of the one of the battles I've been seeing over the last few years is that you know, people come along to, to sell a book sometimes or whatever, and they will say, This is the version, this is the right version. But the, the more I've worked in it is about individual need. And, w- and what we kind of could almost do with is almost a non-branded, um, non-affiliated keto website that is not selling product, it's not selling books, it's not selling anything, but just provides absolutely good quality evidence-based advice 
on which diet, which version of the keto diet to use for which condition. And that information is out there. There's been enough clinical trials. But where do people go? And I don't know yet of where people should go, to be honest. I just know what I know of the last 20 years. But um, maybe that's something you could do, Jackie. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen Sorry. anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so I I just, for me, I think we have been in such a diet mentality for so long where people have been chronically restricting fat or focusing on seed oils and vegetable oils well, yeah. and chronically under-eating that I I always am wary about telling people to to lower their fat because actually maybe their bodies, you know, they might just be coming for weight loss, but actually their bodies need to heal first from all that dieting. Profoundly right. I I actually think that that I cannot disagree with that. I cannot disagree with that. I mean, particularly women's bodies need fat. And as you probably know, our... um, our uh, uh, fertility rates have been dropping in Britain and elsewhere in the Western world, literally in line with the low-fat message. So, you know, it, it's abundantly clear that we need fat to prosper, to be well, to actually hormonally balanced. I agree 100%. And so you're right. Be careful if you do suggest lower fat. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is um, because your products don't have any, we went, we're talking about sweeteners before, but you don't use sweeteners or soy or other ingredients like that. Can you expand on that as well? Yeah. So when I first got into this and heard, uh, as I told you, uh, Michael, uh, Dr. Michael Eads talk about it, you know, I went off and did a bit of research. And the first thing I realized was that at that time, um, the evidence on soy being not good particularly for women was growing big time and so the first thing I did was say right no soy because there's enough evidence to make me worry about the hormonal effect of soy in in a particularly a woman's body so that was it soy was definitely not going in I don't care if it's called natural it's a highly processed ingredient um, if you go to a factory that produces soy you really definitely would never want to eat it if you once you left the next thing was, what could I use? And because in the end, I did recognize that some people needed something sweet or sweetish. And, you know, people were saying to me, oh, the poly oils are fine. Even then, people were saying erythritol's fine, xylitol's fine. Okay, every new maltitol was bad. Even Atkins had to admit maltitol was bad. But when I looked at them, I couldn't understand how it could be appropriate for the human body to consume something which in some cases kills animals and in other cases comes from birch trees. And it just really didn't, I just couldn't feel like that. It didn't feel even remotely natural, you know, not even vaguely. And then there was stevia, which actually tasted weird. So even before this evidence in stevia came out that's been sort of slightly negative, you know, even the taste of it was weird. You know, I, I thought this can't be good for the human body. It's, it's weird. And so I then discovered alien chicory fibre. And I learned how it's processed through simply a water filter. And I thought, right, I'm, I'm interested in this. And not only that, it's a prebiotic. So it's actually positively good for you. And at that point, I thought I'm comfortable adding amount of that into my products to give people a natural sweetness and a positive benefit because it's a prebiotic. Mm. Uh, And that's what I started with. And over the last 20 years, as we've seen, the evidence against sweeteners and what they do to your guts has grown and grown and grown. And I think, yeah, I feel comfortable about it. And of course, the other thing why I don't use them is that they're overly sweet. So again, you remember we talked about giving up your sweet tooth. 
yeah. is so, so important. And the sweeteners actually just encourage it. They, they're driving you to an addiction to sweetness, which is bad for you. Yes, I've had that. And, and listeners will have heard me say this before is that I went through a phase of making ice cream. Now, I'm not an, I'm not a great ice cream eater, but I just thought, oh, it'd be nice to have something occasionally. But it ended up being every day and not being able to stop. And so when the ice cream <laughs> finished, I, I, it took me a while to realize that's what was going on. And then I just I haven't made it. So I bought an ice cream churner and it sat in the cupboard and not been used because yeah. I wanted it every day and I couldn't not have it. So yeah, I I recognized that and that was with xylitol and that was really pushing me to keep eating it. Yeah, and they've shown this now. I mean, there's more and more studies about food addiction and that sugar drives the addiction. So um yeah. So that's why we don't use sweeteners. And a lot of people think we're being a bit arsy about it, but I hope that over time people appreciate that there is some sense behind it. Mm, yeah. So Hannah, is there anything else that we needed to talk about today that I haven't asked you or we haven't thought about? No. I, I think it's been you've covered everything, Jackie, supremely professionally. So uh yeah, no, I think it. Uh, if you're happy, I'm happy, as they say. Excellent. Good. So why don't you tell people how they can get in contact with you, um, any details, you know, where they can follow you and all things like that. So um, if you're interested in what we do with meals, you go to naturalketosis.co.uk and our snack range is available at livefat.com, at www.livefat.com. And obviously, if anybody's got any questions they want to ask me or want to know more about why we think certain things are blah, blah, then they can reach out to me at hannah at naturalketosis.co.uk. And I'm happy to answer any questions directly. So Instagram is live.fat on Instagram. Fabulous. Um, well, fabulous too. Yeah. <laughs> So now you you can't go yet because you've got to tell us your three top tips. Oh, yes, my three top tips. So my first top tip is keep keto clean because I genuinely believe you get the maximum benefit from the metabolic change by cleaning out your system, not just of carbohydrate, but of crappy, shitty, overprocessed ingredients. So keep keto clean. Pick the right keto diet for what you're looking to achieve. And I'm sorry, not all keto is equal. Not all keto diets suit every single medical need. And my third top tip is to try and see keto as a lifestyle, not as a diet. And imagine yourself, how would humans eat before Agriculture, okay, agriculture came along. So look at it as a lifestyle that suits our bodies rather than a rigid diet that you follow and then completely forget about. Yeah. It, and it has to be a lifestyle because I think some people think, oh, I'm going to do the keto diet and I'm going to lose two stone. And then they do, they maybe they do, and then they go back to what they did before. And it all comes back just like with all the other diets, it all comes back plus more. Yeah. So you just yeah. have to keep it going. Yeah, and actually, you do go off piece. Of course we all do. I was in Italy for two weeks and I went off piece even though I was cycling. But it doesn't matter. It's not because you stopped in QT. You just go off piece, you have a bit of a laugh, and then you come home, you go back to the way you were eating before. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm big on that, just like you. Yeah, and I've just got back from holiday and um, as soon as I stepped off the plane... That was it. I was back on plan, back on, back on it. And you feel so much better as well. You think, why did I spend all those time eating all that stuff? Here they are, holiday. The yeah. last part of the holiday is doing something different. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, um, thank you very much, Jackie. And I will see you in London. Yes, I'll see you on Sunday. Thanks very much for being with me. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. You too. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com 
forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication. <laughs>